So, why should you podcast? When people ask why I got into podcast, I always answer because there is no better way to create real, authentic connections with people that matter. See, in 2012, a few years ago, I sold a business and traveled the world for four years with my family. We went to Fiji, Hawaii, California, Cyprus, New Zealand, Florida, Fuerteventura, Lanzarote, Andalusia, Okinawa, Thailand, and Japan. And as much as all those destinations look great on my Instagram account, I confess, actually, I got bored of lying on tropical beaches day in, day out. Now, this is the blessing and the curse of being an entrepreneur. It's very noisy upside, inside the head of an entrepreneur. I guess only entrepreneurs understand there's a lot of chatter inside our heads, which is really a blessing and a curse. It's that chatter, it's that fire, that unsettled nature which propels entrepreneurs to greatness as well as plagues them with restlessness. Always thinking, always creating, always solving problems. I'd be lying on a beach in Okinawa, a subtropical island down in the East China Sea, and watching a lady selling local Okinawan fruits, bananas, for example, or local goya, which are like these sort of bitter gourd vegetables which Okinawans eat. It's one of those vegetables they eat that allows them to live to a 100 plus years, full of antioxidants and famous in Okinawa and beyond. And I'd be watching street-side hawker stands or Okinawan traders selling these vegetables and watching how they ply their wares to locals or to tourists, these tourists coming in from Taiwan or from Hong Kong or mainland Honshu, Japan, walking up and down the beach and buying these wares and thinking, actually, now if that person maybe approached their marketing in a different way, maybe they could sell more. Maybe they could have a bigger market. Maybe they could do it like this. That mind, that chatter never turns off, which means that you can't find peace. You can't get restful on a beach, on a tropical island. It's always overclocking. It's always working, always ticking away. But maybe... I'm looking for answers in the wrong place. I We sometimes adopt these stories which are what we think to be life scripts, whether it's about our career or about our idea of what success is, and we absorb them through the media around us. We see, for example, imagery archetypes of success paraded in front of us in advertising of people who have achieved status. If you're a man, it's the car and it's the bragging rights in front of your mates. Or if you're a woman, you are glamorous and you are adored by people around you, whether it's your handbag or your shoes or the car, for example, and these trappings 
of success that we absorb as content from the media paraded in front of us, the carousel of social media and advertising and TV and just chatter around people around us who influence our minds and infect us with these ideas and put these ideas into our head and write these scripts for us. Harley Davidson said, when writing the story of your life, make sure nobody else is holding the pen. And the key here is that success is a story which we can tell ourselves. And what I mean by that is success isn't this monolithic narrative defined by other people. And that means that if we can write success on our own terms, then we can easily achieve it. As opposed to success being defined by other people, in particular, the achievement of success through ownership of objects, of material that becomes our interface with the wider world, i.e., I have this car, I have this job title, I have this house which defines me. And that definition occurs through the conscious consumption of these goods. And to achieve that, I have to engage in the game of consumerism and work to achieve it. And in many cases, take on a job which makes me unhappy such that I can please the people around me who can see me achieving and eventually reaching this achievement, this material success, which then defines me and meets the expectations of people around me. So one of the key factors of being an entrepreneur is firstly being able to write your own story of success. And that may be if you so choose and importantly be choose becoming a billionaire becoming an Elon Musk type figure in the mind's consciousness, in the world's consciousness. Or it can be just doing something that makes you happy. Either way, it's a story that you write for yourself. So in taking this journey around the world for years, living on tropical islands, what I discovered was... I was able to answer two important questions. One, what makes me happy? And two, what is the secret of happiness? Now, I know that sounds trite and it sounds like I'm teeing up for you some secret formula which ultimately you have to buy my book or buy my course to obtain or it maybe was this mythical knowledge that was handed down through the ancients. Like if you read the book, The Secret, it's handed from one generation or one race era to another. 
and it's now achieve you know reaching us mortals in this modern existence it's nothing like that in fact it's a lot simpler question one what makes me happy answer meeting other people you know on those postcard picture picture postcards apologies islands i missed the hustle I miss the camaraderie of fellow entrepreneurs and I miss being challenged by those who forced me to raise my game. You know, one of the happiest moments I have experienced is the the challenge, the journey of becoming an Ironman triathlete. And it's tough. It's hard. You get your ass kicked. And you learn a lot about yourself. I don't know where I read it, but somebody once said, suffering is the closest thing to heaven. And it's something that I've taken on board. Because what I have learned is like suffering is discomfort. You know, it can be an irritation, uh, a sense of fear, a sense of unsettled nature anxiety. It could be physical pain, loss. But all of these fears and factors are what cages us in life. We, it's fear that keeps us caged by our own choice. So for example, the fear of what other people may think about us prevents us from starting a business. The fear of failure presents, you know, prevents us from asking somebody for an investment. The fear of rejection, the fear of looking stupid. And it's these fears that cage us. Rejection, anxiety, loss, humiliation. And yet, if you can live in that space, that twilight zone where you can get comfortable with discomfort, then what happens is the miracle of possibility opens up to you. For example, at the most basic level, the need in the life script, the very middle class life script to have a comfortable job and with a comfortable job, a, you know, owning your home, because that's seen by many to be the moniker of success, to own your own home and to be the king of your own castle. And yet, it's not the case that we fear somehow that if we live in rented property all our lives, that we're a failure. But the advantage of doing that is it gives you freedom. So living beyond fear, in not necessarily the fear never goes away, but being comfortable with it, being comfortable with the fact that people may view you in a certain way because you choose a certain lifestyle, because you choose a certain direction in your life, allows you to embrace that fear and do things that other people couldn't. For example, public speaking. For example, podcasting. The fact that you can stand on stage and tell stories allows you to achieve another level 
of communication, engagement, and leadership that other people could never do because they fear doing it. And here's the thing, here's the secret, is that the people that stand on stage, like myself, or like any public speaker, or like any public podcast host, when they stand on stage, they still fear the fear. It never goes away. When I go live on a webinar, those few minutes just before we're going live, I feel anxiety. I feel nerves, and that is a good sign because the day you stop feeling scared is the day you stop making a difference. And that's why in this very comfortable world that we exist in, we don't have to go out there and hunt for food. We don't have to make a fire to keep us warm at night. We don't have to be careful about the saber-toothed tiger that's going to eat us. We don't have any of that. Our fears are manufactured fears about the people and, importantly, fear of rejection. Fear that we will be ostracized from the group because that, for us, is worse than death. That to be outcast from the group is a fear which is embedded in our biology and evolution that has been with us for thousands, tens of thousands of years. And for a good reason that the group exists for the survival of the individual and vice versa. So when I say that suffering is the closest thing to heaven, what I mean is that between you and greatness lies discomfort. And only we get when we get comfortable with pain can we achieve greatness. Now, not necessarily physical pain. That may be the case if you're doing an Ironman triathlon because it hurts. But there are many other ways that fears hurt. For example, when people say to you, look, you've had your time. You've tried starting the business. Why don't you now go get a proper job? Or, you know, why would you ever choose to move a country? Or the rejection you feel when you move a country and you're out of your comfort zone and people around you maybe think you're a little bit different or maybe you have to adapt to the fact that maybe not everybody understands all the cultural references that are obvious to you or they don't eat the same foods to you or you have to adapt or maybe some of the cultural icons that you grew up with mean nothing to other people in different countries. And for most people, that pain is enough for them to never try. And so they never do. And therefore, they also willingly, although not overtly, wish that those that do try fail. They may be overtly supporting you, but secretly, your success is eating their heart out. So how important it is that You surround yourself with people that support you inside and outside in this journey. And that's why I podcast. Because what makes me happy is meeting other people. I miss the camaraderie of fellow entrepreneurs. I miss the hustle. And if I'm not hustling, being inspired by their hustle and them getting it, I don't have to justify my story to somebody else. I don't have to justify why in my 
middle age point with my middle ages midlife that I decide to risk everything and move from Japan to Singapore when we had a comfortable life. I don't have to justify that. I want the people who, when I tell them the biggest badass goal or dream that I have, they don't sort of, their eyes glaze over and revert back to talking about what was on Netflix, but instead say, yeah, tell me more. Why? Those are the people that you want to surround yourself in life. But the problem being that often those people are dots, a diaspora of crazy ones around the world, not necessarily the people who are born in the same geographical area of you. And this is the problem, is that it's fear again that we have in the 21st century relinquished ourselves of social caste systems in many cases across the world. There is mobility. And yet mentally, we're still limited by geographical caste systems. That is, you are defined by where you were born. It's the same as being defined by which class or caste you were born into. And we have, for hundreds of years, as a society, evolved beyond social caste systems, and yet we're still very much defined by geographical caste systems. And that is why podcasting is a powerful tool, because you can choose the people that you want to hang around with. Jim Rohn, the author, said, you are the sum of the five people that you hang around with on a daily basis. Think about that. Those people generally are co-workers or people in your vicinity, people you grew up with, family, etc. Not necessarily people who are overtly or internally supportive of your journey. And sometimes they're the people you can't change. Sometimes you love them, but you can't change them. And they have different worldviews about what they think you should be doing in life because their experience is different to yours. Fair enough. Maybe they're from a different generation. But with a podcast, you can create that group of crazy ones around you. Those five people. I can reach out to people. You know, on my podcast, I sat with Tony Fernandez, the CEO of AirAsia, for an hour and had that conversation. And for that moment, he was with me, and we are connected, and we were crazy ones together in that conversation. I could never have had that conversation anywhere else. Rumi, the poet, said, set your life on fire, seek those who fan your flames. Which brings me to question two, why podcasts? Well, it really comes down to the secret to happiness. And this is not really a secret. It was really more just to kind of keep your attention to the end of this podcast. So forgive me. But the answer is simple. The secret to happiness is not achievement. The secret to happiness is not a state. The secret to happiness is simple. Do more of what makes you happy. Do more of what makes you happy. If something makes you happy, 
design a lifestyle, which is why you may want a business or a podcast that allows you to do that thing until your end days. Life is not a trade-off. Life is not a dress rehearsal. So what you do now is not preparation for what you're going to do when you retire. You are not sacrificing your time now on the gamble that you reach retirement healthy and of able mind to be able to enjoy the short time that you have left. That is the life script that we need to rip up. It's a myth. The point is to enjoy now because statistically, especially if there are two of you, you and your partner, statistically by the age of 65, one of you statistically will be incapacitated, which means that you both will not be able to fully, without worry, enjoy the life that you have left. So that's why the secret to happiness is do more of what makes you happy. Now, if cycling a bike, riding a bike makes you happy, and that really is one of the best things for you in your life, rather than make that something you do Saturday morning on your day off, think about how you could design a life around that. Because this whole life script of working 50 weeks of a year to save up enough money to enjoy the two weeks of the year on vacation or in the sun with your family. Just to kind of decompress from the 50 weeks of the year does not make sense. Why don't you make it 52 weeks of the year? Seth Godin, the author, wrote, instead of wondering when your next vacation is, Why don't you design a life that you don't need to escape from? And that's the secret to happiness. Designing a life you don't need to escape from. Designing a life where the only joy is the weekend. Because you can earn less money. You can experience less stress if you step back and do what it is that makes you happy. The tail wags the dog in many cases. Just look, for example, at everybody out there. Look out of your window. As I look out of the window in my Singapore apartment at the busy road down below and people driving to work, driving to work to earn enough money to buy a car to drive to work. Ask yourself, why? How? How did we get it to this? And these are the existential questions which a lot of people now are asking because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And they've had time outside of the circus, the Ferris wheel, off the merry-go-round, the carousel that is the life script and career. And people are asking these questions. And I had the luxury of being able to think through these questions for years outside of the carousel. 
So that's why I feel that we really should think about podcasting as one of the options for us to help find these answers. Because podcasting very much is agile storytelling. It's a story which is a journey which we can enjoy before we get to the end. We can enjoy the journey rather than the destination. Because you don't have to have a finished book to have a story worth telling. And in many ways, your story is evolving. It's a story which is shaped by the people around you, the people who you randomly bump into in life and then become part of your story for that short time, like I said about Tony Fernandez, and then disappear. But they've added to the journey, just like in any movie, you encounter people on the path and they join you for part of the journey and then leave. There is no overarching narrative to this. There is, in many ways, no point. There is, in many ways, specifically when you read works like Simon Sinek's Start With Why. I disagree. Don't start with why, because you might not find out what your why is until it's too late. Find your start before you find your why. And a podcast is your best starting point. You can start a podcast with 10 people. And those 10 people can help you refine in an agile and lean way your narrative. Maybe you don't know exactly what you're going to talk about, but you've got this feeling. And it's a journey worth taking. And You can have mindful conversations with people that matter. And at the end of the day, when all is said and done, that is what matters. The conversations that we had and the connections that we made. And that is why I podcast.